0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Queer Christian Conversations. With me, your host, Coach Yama. Today, we're gonna be answering the question, does hell and heaven exist with Christian Apologist Minister Ronnie? Okay, so I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Uh, Fun fact, Ronnie and I went to Bible college together and actually graduated, uh, went on our same mission trip together. So Minister Ronnie is here. Um, I'll be bringing her on very shortly, but I'm super excited to have this conversation. I'm gonna give you all some time to join. Let's do our quick check-in. How are you doing? Where are you tuning in from? Um, let me know, hello, Richard, how are you? Uh, let's see, quick check-in check, check in for me. Um, I've been really uh, working uh, with clients, so I haven't had a lot of chance to do too much else. Um, really enjoying my time with God, getting the revelation that we talked about last week, about really returning to self and trusting your inner voice. So that's been super fun. And then also um, transitioning for some, preparing for the transition that's coming up in a couple of months in June. I told you guys, um, if you're following me on the page, that May is going to be our last month. Um, hey, Benson, our last month of um. me signing up one-on-one clients. I'm going to be transitioning out of that, okay? So um, that's what's been going on. So if you've been waiting to work one-on-one with me, please make sure uh, that you go to the link in my bio, the first button there, and sign up for your first free call. Awesome. So I think we got a good bit amount of people here. Hello, hello. Welcome again. To Queer Christian Conversations with me, your host, Coach Yama. I help LGBTQ plus people make peace with their faith and their sexuality. And today we are talking to... hello, Hello, Shanae. Today we are talking to Minister Ronnie. She is a Christian... Apologist, a practical. Um, she does practical apologetics, so she's gonna explain what that is um, for us and for all of you who are joining me late. I let you know in the beginning that me and Minister Ronnie went to Bible College together and we were on the same mission trip. Ronnie, I was looking for a picture of from the, from the DRS for, to share, but I couldn't find it but luckily we took a picture together at graduation so I got a chance to post that. So I'm going to go ahead and invite um her in. Yes, it will be recorded and brown. We're going to save it on my feed. Let's see here. Um let me I mean, say so you should see it shortly, okay? Now I have some uh let's see. I have uh It just says it's here. Hello, Ronnie.
1: Hello, hello. Can you hear me all right? (laughs) How's it going?
0: It's going awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for agreeing to have this conversation. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Um, Just uh, happy to be here. Happy to talk about the word. You know, that's that's my jam. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Good to see you.
0: Super exciting. See, now, Ronnie and I have like our locks are the same, but when we went to <laughs> uh to the dr, I, that was my first run of, a loss, and so I'm on like my second journey now, so that's super <laughs> exciting. Um, so Ronnie, why don't you give um the audience a little bit of a background on you, and then we're gonna jump into some questions to the conversation.
1: So um. My name is Ronchelle. Um, I'm actually going by Ronchelle these days, although I don't mind being called Ronnie. Okay, but, no, you know, no, just
0: Minister Ronchelle. I'm we're going to be called. The, no, we're doing that. The funny name gang, you know. But
1: that's all right. We're gonna go <laughs> just, ahead and call you Ronchelle. That's there fine. you go. So um, you know, like like you said, we are um, we are classmates and um, alumni. Um, from Bible College. And um, since that time, the Lord laid on my heart to use social media and really leverage this platform to share the gospel uh, like never before. I mean, this in this generation, we have such a, a great opportunity to, to yeah. get the word out further and deeper. And so I've really embraced uh, this platform. And uh, my podcast is available anywhere now and uh i also have a youtube channel by Ask nice. Ronnie as well so um i welcome you all to check that out subscribe all that good stuff for
0: sure if you put it in the comments or give me the, it's, it's ask ronnie the Pod. i'm sorry guys mm-hmm. i have this instance burning it's blowing all in my face i'm trying to find a word to it <laughs> so it doesn't blow in my face and choke me up okay so Thanks. is it ask ronnie the podcast
1: that's right it's um ask okay. ronnie the the practical apologetics podcast that's a mouthful but really, um, p- practical apologetics has to do with uh, just interpreting scripture in a way that makes sense to us um, without using a whole lot of lofty terms and, and mm-hmm. big words that go over our heads. It's about making it real and making it um, applicable to us in our lives. And I'm really big on that because I like to make it plain, you mm-hmm.
0: know. Awesome. So when did, you, when did you specifically decide you were going to do apologetics? Like, what was that?
1: It, it really just it, it came about because I was looking for answers. I yeah. really wanted to understand what seemed like contradictions at the time, mm-hmm. from what I grew up learning in church mm-hmm. to what I was hearing. Um, when I first heard Grace, it really radicalized um, how I saw God, how I saw myself. And so I just began looking for answers on my own. And i thought wow you know this has set me free i just want to share this with everyone else i want mm-hmm. everyone else to feel this freedom that i feel yeah so yeah that that's a big deal to me right um so mm-hmm. when you
0: came to bible college you came with your whole family yeah You <laughs> went to bible college together was that before you decided um you were going to do apologetics or did this happen after we graduated it
1: was before and really, that's what drove me to 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 go to school in the first place, to get that mm-hmm. deeper study. Um, it, it was kind of a nice idea to, to break away all those other distractions and just be in that bubble, so to speak. Yeah. And that amazing experience. And even though I had, um, at that time, I had a, a two-year-old and uh-huh. a one-and-a-half-year-old. Uh-huh. Now we've added another child. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was a wild journey. It was amazing. But we made it you know sometimes crying but we made it yes
0: because you and your husband both went and then uh you both were on the mission trip that's right um, in the dr so that was fun and exciting and so now that bible college is over you're using god's told you to use social media to amplify what you've learned and Mm -hmm. so we're gonna get into it now i'm excited (laughs) so um a quick disclaimer um ronnie And I probably do not have the same views on the existence of hell and heaven, um, but this is going to be a cordial, grace-filled conversation, okay? So just putting it out there because sometimes you can have like trolls and people being angry. This is not the (laughs) space for that. You guys should probably know that by now we're graceful to everyone. Um, We love to learn and listen carefully. And if you have questions as well, put it in the, um, the question box so that it doesn't scroll up in the comments and we miss it. Uh, if you have questions for Ronnie or myself, okay? So Ronnie, let's, let's jump into it. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me what your understanding of the existence of hell and heaven. What is that about
1: for you? Sure. Um, now, I, I, I have to say, first off, I know that, you know, there there are a lot of ideas swirling out there. Mm-hmm. But I still, based on what I see in scripture, believe that there is a literal heaven as well as a literal hell. mm mm-hmm. Okay. So
0: <laughs> um, who, who goes, who gets to go to hell? What is the what is your understanding of what gets you into hell?
1: Right. For me, and what I see is that what sends a person to hell is unbelief in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about um, faith in the fact that Jesus came to the earth, that He died on the cross, that He was punished and um, um, res- um, excuse me, He was persecuted and punished for our sins on the cross. He died. Three days later, He was resurrected, and because of His life, now we share in that in that life as new, you know, as believers with a new spirit. So basically, if you, if you accept that Jesus did come to die for the sins of the entire world, mm-hmm. then it's my understanding in Scripture, spe- specifically Romans chapter 9 and 10, that mm-hmm. you are saved. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so what would you
0: say to the people, because this question comes up, um, what about the people who don't get to have the gospel preached to them? Um, for them to be able right. to receive Jesus.
1: What happens to those souls? Well, you know, um, and you probably know what I'm going to say.
0: I mean, we went to the same <laughs> Bible college, right? that's okay. <laughs> they don't know.
1: Um, right. and okay. I'm,
0: I'm, so I guess my audience, prob- I mean, they pre- pretty much know where I am that I'm deconstructing hell right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so from my perspective, there is not the hell, literal hell like we have been presented by the church um mm. from what i've been studying so mm. so yes ronnie i know what you're gonna say uh, but maybe i don't remember that was a long time ago 2016 when uh, i graduated i was five years ago
1: this okay? is true this is true um, and i'm so, trying to find yeah, the scripture for the
0: benefit of them and also uh for the conversation because i am really coming in as a a blank slate because mm-hmm. this is who i am right now but that doesn't mean um I have put the stake in the ground. I'm just like, yes, there definitely is not this situation. So I want my audience as a coach. um, I'm trying to and attempting to show that we need to be open to the conversation of people Mm -hmm. who don't agree with us. Because oftentimes we can think that because someone doesn't agree that they either hate us or they're angry or they're mad. And so hopefully um, what's being presented here right now is like we both started at the same place. We've ended up in different places right now, but that doesn't mean now that there has to be any like weird animosity or right. like you're wrong, you're going to help, right? right? So I know what you're gonna say, but you go ahead and let me know. What do you say to those people who um, are gonna ask you the question, what about the people who don't get the gospel preached to them?
1: There you go. And I will say, by the way, um, I'm with you 100% because we have to come from a place of love First of all, as believers, you know, that's our call. But also, I mean, we're all human. We're all on a journey. We're all trying to figure this thing out called life. So to that question, Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse it's an interesting verse because mm-hmm. what it's saying is is that all creation has had some kind of encounter and experience with the divine with God mm-hmm. that even from a young age I think we all question our existence and how did we all get here and what is this all about and from that point God can reveal himself even if you've never heard a liquor scripture never been inside of a church um, whether you were born in a different religion or culture that believes something completely different. We all have had exposure to God himself because he can't be limited to just what is, you know, considered the church experience. Right.
0: So God reveals himself through scripture. um, Like, and then also Psalms 19 talks about this, right? The the heavens and the earth declare and they preach about that there is an existence of God. Mm -hmm. So if I believe in that portrayal of the existence separate from literal person Jesus coming and dying on the cross am I still saved do I still get to avoid heaven because I was able to look around um, my environment nature and see that God exists and I believe that God exists or do I still need to understand the sacrifice of Jesus
1: to avoid going to hell good question I think that um, accepting that there is a higher power, as people like to say. Accepting that there is a God and that He He is the creator, I think, is the first step. But then what's important for us to do is to do some research, to, to mm-hmm. study this thing out, to seek after Him. He says that those who seek will find. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's funny how we can Google just about anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We will do research on anything. I know I sit up late, and I'll right. be on YouTube like, yo, how, how do you do that? You know, yeah, maybe I want to start. So if we can research a number of things or just random things that pop in our heads, why wouldn't we want to investigate the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of you and I and the universe? Mm -hmm. We didn't just all happen to be here by mistake. So certainly someone, somewhere had us in mind Mm -hmm. and put us here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, that is just the first step. The next step is let's investigate.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So then I have the investigation, right? And I look into all of it because there are people who have investigated who are of the Muslim faith and still believe in the Muslim faith. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people who have investigated that are Native Americans and they believe in the great spirit and all of that. There are people in Africa, they've investigated and they believe what they believe, right? With the Oshun and Horus and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do I know that I've gotten to truth and I'm going to avoid hell? Like, if I believe and do my investigation and I find that God is real, God does exist, but God doesn't exist in the form that Christianity has presented God to exist, hmm. am I still then in danger of going to this literal hell, right?
1: Once again, I think, um, you know, that's a hard determination for me to make. I'm just one person. Yes. Right. What I know to be true is that if we seek after him, we will find him. Mm -hmm. I know that there are a number of resources, not only missionaries who have committed their whole lives to spreading the gospel, Mm -hmm. there are um, books. And what I'm saying is, um, I want to be careful how I say this, the truth will find a way, the truth will find a way to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, you know what, Um, Mm I lost my point. I did. That's okay. I'm going to be honest. That's okay. Because I had something so, in mind. I wanted to hear you out. Um, so let's, like, say, you, let, let's answer
0: this question, Ronnie. Um, what's your definition of hell? Let's do that first. Because I okay. think that
1: would be a good place. I have a question for you first, though. Before yes, we get yes, into yes. that. Yes. What do, you, what do you believe about the Bible? Do you believe that it's the inerrant word of God? No. So that makes it difficult for us to... create a foundation
0: let me me explain why
1: okay
0: um the bible as we have been presented is not all of it the spoken word of god which we often believe that it is right even Mm -hmm. the book ecclesiastes that was solomon going through a lot of emotional turmoil it's put in the bible to help us understand and, and build a relationship with god but i don't believe that it is the word of god because other people can look in this bible and they have found reason we're black right they have found reason and justification for slavery Mm -hmm. um because of how they've interpreted that book right Mm -hmm. um the the words in this book because they believe that this is coming from god and this is true there are people in the church who say that because paul specifically says that women should be silent that Mm -hmm. women should not be preachers So there is a danger of us thinking that or believing that this is an infallible word of God, the way that we have been presented it. And this is just the English translations that I'm referring to. This Bible that we have been handed was written over centuries by so many different authors. Right. How we have it now, even the King James version of the Bible that most people um, really like default to that my grandmother read. Right. Um, That is not even an accurate translation of the original transcripts of the 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 biblical paper that they wrote on—that is not accurate. Okay. Um, yes, Rob, I am showing my purple Bible. Um, <laughs> so I don't believe that the way that it's been um, kind of idolized, as if this these physical scriptures are greater than us actually having a relationship with God. And hearing from God because one of the most beautiful things that I've re- realized when reading this, that Paul didn't have a Bible, right? He didn't have a New Testament. None of none of the, um, the apostles and uh, let's see, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they didn't have a Bible, but specifically Paul, he trusted that everything that he was hearing was from God without having this physical Bible with him. And I think it's an example for us to understand that we can't believe that 66 books are, and even the, the Catholic church has more, right? That 66 books hold all of what God would want to communicate to humanity. Because even in John, at the end of the, the book of John, John says, if we were to write everything that he did, this world would not have room um, to contain the books that we were to write. So no, I don't believe that it's an accurate, fully, I shouldn't say accurate, a fully complete representation of the inerrant word, like words that came from the divine um, to humanity. No, I think Mm -hmm. it's stories that we can learn from for sure. And there's some words in there, but not completely. No,
1: I hope that wasn't too long-winded. No, no. um, Thank you for that (laughs) perspective. I think there's a lot there. But then my next question for you would be, by what do you measure truth if this isn't truth for you
0: um it's not a full representation of truth to me
1: so and it's what not measures- not the
0: way not the way that it has been taught to me mm-hmm. um that it represents truth there are scriptures in here the the red letters that i read from jesus and all that stuff that their spiritual principles and laws that you can see throughout all society is true, right? When you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Truth feels like something. If I'm sitting and I'm hearing somebody say something to me and it's making me feel like I'm being put in prison, like I'm being restricted, that I've, I'm being um, put back in bondage again, like the scripture does say, I have not, the spirit that you have received is not a spirit to put you back into bondage to fear, right? Because at the end of the day, my understanding is that we have only two, um, two rule sources of our emotions in our life, either fear or love. Love feels like truth. Truth feels like freedom. Okay. So if I'm sitting and hearing anything that's opposite of that, it means that it's opposite of God. And I can discern from that experience because I am one with God. Um, I've been made in the image as all humanity have. We're all image bearers. So I can discern within myself. If I am able to learn to trust myself again, because the church does a really good job teaching us not to trust ourselves, um, learn to trust myself, I can discern what truth is and what fear and bondage and imprisonment is
1: like. I think for me, um, I measure everything by the word of God. Mm -hmm. That is my measuring stick for truth, Mm -hmm. because personally, I can't trust my feelings. Okay. Sometimes what lights me up and makes me feel good is not always good for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those things that hurt or are painful or difficult to hear mm-hmm. are actually in my best interest. That's, mm-hmm. that's just my perspective. I know sometimes the hardest things to, to, to understand about myself, about the world mm-hmm. around me, mm-hmm. have actually grown me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we get ourselves like I'm thinking about situations I've been in where I thought I understood something mm-hmm. and I thought it felt good and this must be God because it's, it's leading me to a place of joy and peace. Mm -hmm. But then as that peace starts to wither away, I realize there's more to this. There's things that I didn't understand. And then when I find myself in those places of not understanding what's going on or how I ended up where I am, Mm -hmm. I go back to the word of God. Mm -hmm. I go back to my measuring stick and I let the word dictate how I'm going to respond to a situation rather than letting the situation dictate what I'm going to say about God. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so that really is the foundation of whether or not anything we talk about from here is going to hold water because we have to have some kind of foundation and measuring stick. Mm-hmm. Um, because we could split hairs all day and talk about who's going to hell and who's not. You know what? Yeah. That's not my choice. That's not my judgment, mm-hmm. but um, I take that very seriously, mm-hmm. especially as a minister. I really mm-hmm. take it seriously what I teach people yeah. and what I um, accept as truth. Not some, not so much what feels good in my. I mean, not feels good, mm-hmm. but what what resonates with my experience may not always be the truth, mm-hmm. but just what what I think in the moment. And I feel like we're all on a on a journey of progressive revelation.
0: Yeah,
1: um, there is definitely a movement of people who are taking what they used to believe and saying, "Is this still true?" Based on what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. based on what my experience has been. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, once again, what, what measuring stick do we have to say whether or not this is the truth or not? Yeah. And am I going in the right direction or not? <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, to answer your question, though, we were talking about Bible translations. You, oh, you said a lot of good stuff there. Let's, yeah. let's, let's pivot. We're going <laughs> to okay. pivot. So, um, well, before yeah. we
0: pivot, I want to say mm-hmm. this. So you're, um, you're measuring line is the physical scriptures right um and And i will add to
1: that i will add add to that
0: that. so i think what can it can sound like um to other people maybe like oh people who don't really fully think that this bible is the inerrant inerrant infallible word of god right it's been true for all the centuries that has been written um that the other people who don't believe that don't have like a measuring line. And so for me, my measuring line of truth goes back to my because I have a real relationship with God. Right. And so my conversation with the divine, I go back and check with my spirit on that. Okay. Because it's not just like things that feel good, but things that feel like peace and joy. Um, Again, like the, the first fruits of, of love is joy. The first two is joy and peace. Right. And so if I'm in an experience that there is not joy and peace there, it's going to be very hard for me to believe that there is God in that situation. Um, What scripture is it? I forget. Uh, We just, me and my client just looked at this. It's probably 1 Corinthians somewhere um, where the the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So if I'm not experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy, um, that means the kingdom of God must not be here if it's full of fear and condemnation and guilt and shame. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we've learned about guilt and shame with grace, right? So mm-hmm. if, that, if that is not present, that's my measuring line, okay, mm-hmm. right? And so I just want to clarify that.
1: Okay. Well, to speak to um, this word and, and, and questioning its accuracy, can we trust that this is from God? Mm-hmm. I think, number one, there are so many translations out there. Just, mm-hmm. there are too many. So many, Yes, there's so many that, you know, you have to kind of categorize them. There are some who have been, um, I'm going to say curated, mm-hmm. uh, to be the literal translation from the Greek and the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, well, I'll, I'll get to that. But mm-hmm. there are some who um, have, have taken the literal translation, they've tried to break it down in modern language and English language as best that they can translate those those terms, those phrases. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are also the, this category of those that take the essence of what is trying to be conveyed in a mm-hmm. passage. And I would look at those like the, the Word Bible, the New the English message. translation. Yes, the message, plain English version, the NIV, mm-hmm. all of these different scriptures who kind of just take the essence. And sometimes they miss it. I will say mm-hmm. some of these translations are not accurate, and, and mm-hmm. they should not be trusted. Um, the ones that I go to mm-hmm. are the King James, the New King James, and the Amplified. Mm-hmm. Personally, I love the Amplified Bible because it puts the trans well it puts the definitions of terms right there in the text, and so mm-hmm. you 'll see these brackets and parentheses around certain words and it kind of it 's like it says it amplifies the meaning for you without having to pull out two and mm-hmm. three different books mm-hmm. to to um, grasp what 's being said. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I feel like, okay, let's not stop there. Yeah. Find a few translations that work for you that you can compare and contrast. Mm -hmm. It would be a mistake for any of us to take one particular translation. My light just went out. (laughs) 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 That's okay. Is it motion-sensored? Yeah, Yeah, I'll get up in a second. Okay, But it would be wrong to take just one translation and let that be your only Bible for the rest of your life. And Mm -hmm. just try to extract the truth from that. Yeah. We need several and we need to compare and contrast in our study time. But mm-hmm. then there are also these tools like concordances and lexicons that will take the Greek and Hebrew mm-hmm. definitions of words straight mm-hmm. from the, the, the original language mm-hmm. and help you understand what it is that's trying to be said, because sometimes there isn't a direct English translation for what you're reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we also have to re- recognize, too, that there is context involved. There are euphemisms and terms that we just don't use in this modern day. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to understand the audience that's yep. being addressed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a number of other things the culture, the customs. There are so many things that create a, a, a panoramic view right. of scripture as we study it out. Mm-hmm. But I think what has taken a lot of people off course is that they'll hear, hear a scripture taken out of context. Mm-hmm. and fit into something that it was never meant to fit. Mm-hmm. And then we say, well, how can we trust this? Yeah. There, I've actually heard people preach messages pulling contradictions out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But if you read and study it out, they're not actually contradictions at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's poetic, and so it might be a couplet where two different terms look like they're saying opposite things, but they fit together. And I, I don't have an example with me right now. Mm-hmm. But there are, there are no contradictions. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I'll be yeah. on record to say it. Yeah. Because when you read out the context, you understand what's being said. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one more thing I'll say to that, because translation mm-hmm. is huge. Yes. But um, sometimes there is colorful language in yeah. scripture that mm-hmm. can make it seem like they're saying one thing. Like when Jesus said, um, if, you, if you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, then, then you'll be, uh, you'll be my child. You know, you'll be my, um, excuse me. But you'll, 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 you'll um, have no
0: part in me if you don't, if you don't. Thank drink you. Drink and eat. mm-hmm
1: And they said, "Are, are you serious? Is that what you really mean?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you drink of my blood and eat of my flesh." Mm-hmm. So was he literally saying, "Let's be cannibals"? Mm-hmm. No, no, that's not what he meant. Um, it was, it was a metaphor. Mm -hmm. um so i'm just saying there are several there are several things that can get us tangled up if we're not careful and unfortunately we we really need some good teachers who can break this thing down and and i'm gonna go ahead and say that i think sometimes in scripture there are things there that don't sit well with us Mm -hmm. but as we let them marinate and it's like okay i see where god is coming from with this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i have to say one more thing than that yes and i'm a talker i'm a preacher Girl, girl girl go ahead
0: we were we were both God, I'm, <laughs> go child preach. I'm listening and so, listening.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, the thing, about, uh, the, the thing about God is He, you know, that, that thing that seems uncomfortable that we're mm-hmm. reading in Scripture and saying, but this doesn't feel right to me. And I, I keep saying feel, and I'm not trying to minimize. Yeah. I'm saying that there are times when Scripture is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But we have to come from a place of knowing that God loves us. Yeah. He loves us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. He is not putting things on us to, to to um to torture us and to punish us and to, to make us sit up at night wondering and worrying how he feels about us. Did we do everything right today? Mm-hmm. God is love and he has love for all mankind, no matter who you are, right. no matter what walk of life, no matter what what there is that you feel keeps you from God, it's not a problem with him. Mm-hmm. He wants us to come into fellowship and when we have that understanding as our basis mm-hmm. then we know that scripture is there to um to guide us mm-hmm. toward what could only be for our best because we serve a loving god yeah and that that's 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 okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> come on now that's awesome so um i see all the comments are going right with the metaphor and literal and our um our translation and understanding of how we interpret what we're calling scripture um, the, the 66 books of the, um, the Protestant Bible because this is not how the Bible started, and there are books that are not included, in all of that stuff. So Ronnie's original question to me was, do I believe that this book is the inerrant infallible Word of God? And my response was, no, I do not believe that the way it has been presented to us and the way that it's been taught um, and the way that we communicate it to people that it is inerrant and infallible, is true right because there are there are um scriptures in here that do speak to truth there are spiritual law there is um this is a a um a story of the jewish people and their relationship to to god and how they got to know jehovah and all of all of the different things the fact that we even say the word god and the jewish people never said god that's a whole other thing but there's there are. There is a historical context around the Bible that we often aren't taught. Like for me, Ronnie, even learning that the New Testament was not um, put together in chronological order, that the the gospels were not written first, that Paul actually started writing these things first, because people teach it and they assume that Matthew, uh, Mark and Luke and John wrote all of these texts. And Paul got a hold of them and read them. And this is how he's responding to the text. And that's not what happened at all. 400 years from the last time God, the Jewish people heard God speak in Malachi, right? 400 years, there's no written text that we know of, according to this this book, right? And here comes Paul and he's having this experience. And all he's hearing is the stories of the Messiah that has come. He goes away for three years okay Mm -hmm. in the wilderness doesn't consult any ministers any prophets anybody he has the torah the prophets and the psalms like the songs and the poems and all that all that stuff and he has these supernatural experiences with god that are completely opposite of what the written scripture that the Pharisees that he was a part of right and i don't he wasn't part of the sadducees the pharisees right Mm -hmm. was it a sadducee that didn't believe in the resurrection know the Pharisees so mm-hmm. he's pharisaical he's having these experiences 400 years later Jesus has come he's resurrected um he's gone up and Paul is learning and hearing from God that he wants to include all people that everything that we teach now from the apostle Paul right there were no gospels for him to read from to have the understanding so from your from your perspective where you're coming from right now um, if I were to follow that trend, I could not really trust what Paul wrote down, because what he wrote down, although he's revealing types and shadows that were in the the Torah that we believe now, like it's common, we're like, oh, of course, Paul is just revealing what was in um, the Old Testament. That just makes sense. But according to the people of his day, he was completely off, which is why they were trying to kill him the whole time right so my understanding is I'm like well the Bible doesn't say and I can't follow that right I can't have an experience with God outside of this because if it doesn't line up then I'm off then I can't trust what Apostle Paul wrote either because he had he had the written scripture and he was having experiences completely opposite of what the Jewish people understood Jehovah to be at the time and what the goal of God was, right? Um, we have the famous scripture where Jesus shows up to them, and the Pharisees are confused, and Jesus says, "You're searching the scripture all day looking for me, and I'm standing right in front of you, and you cannot recognize me." All right, right. So, uh, for me, the the powerful lesson for me, and that is, if Paul was able to trust his experience with the divine, that looked nothing like the um, the traditions that he came from the fact that he was telling people not to get circumcised this thing that was from father abraham right that the jewish people um like solidly held their their identity as the people who were for god right Is interesting right. to me and it's a good it, for me it's a good testimony of god to say yes you have this this is someone's these are the, the Psalms are David's, um, go ahead, David's journal um, with God. So what makes his writings and his experience with God more than my, my journal and my experience with God, right? So for me, it frees us to say, Paul's example frees us to say, if he could trust for three years that he was hearing from God, having all these amazing experiences and these revelations, even John on the Isle of Patmos, like, Completely, that revelation whole thing. He was hallucinating and had this supernatural, like he took some herbs or something and had like a a, a psychedelic experience with with um with Jesus, right? <laughs> what it would look like from because he's all on the island all by himself, right? And he's having this psychedelic with the supernatural. So why are we holding people? I think for me, the church. Limits us to not being able to experience the divine in the way that the divine would speak to us. Um, if in the Bible we see an example of that with Paul, if he could trust well, it and write the New I Testament, mean, why can't we trust it? I, I
1: think, think the important it. key that you're missing about Paul's life is mm-hmm. that he studied the Jewish customs from birth. You know, he said mm-hmm. he's a um, a Jew amongst Jews. Yeah. He um he knew the law. Mm-hmm back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he was a, ze- a zealous Jew, mm-hmm. where he, he actually was persecuting Christians yeah. more so than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So he had this, this bank of knowledge about God. Mm-hmm. He had heard from birth the promise of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And even he was under a great delusion to believe that Jesus was not here yet. They mm-hmm. still were waiting. There are many Jews who still will never believe that Jesus touched the earth. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, that the promised Messiah had touched yeah. the earth. Right. So that has, to, that has to mean something. All these things that he'd been taught from birth, mm-hmm. it gave him the authority to speak on everything that he was admonishing his people not to do. You know, when he, when he spoke, he was telling them, listen, we don't have to be circumcised anymore because yeah. he is our circumcision. Yeah, We have a circumcision of the heart now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to tie back all these Jewish customs into this new birth, mm-hmm. this new revelation. Mm-hmm. But it all started with his understanding of the Jewish law. And so for us, how do we bring that modern? Here's where we make that practical, right?
0: Before you move on forward, my question would be to you, Ron, would be like why did we trust why do we trust Paul? Because they decided to put his writings in the in what when they created the Bible. Hold on.
1: Hold on hold on I can't answer that yet because I have okay. to give you the other half See, I, I'm long-winded y'all got to stick with me okay. I'm, um, with. I'm gonna build on
0: I'm gonna say this we might have to do a part two Ronnie um, <laughs> I have a client in 20 minutes so we can go for about 10 more minutes well
1: I'm gonna
0: we can do a part two and I can come on your on your on your page we'll <laughs> let me
1: just pull this one thing here so if Paul yeah. had a knowledge base we also have a knowledge base mm-hmm. we also have these scriptures that help us understand who God is in the first place it's like we were talking about You could be seeking after God, but born into a culture that doesn't support Jesus Christ, but you're still seeking, maybe still wondering, you're still feeling a sense that there's more out there than just these customs and and habits and cultural things that you've been told you're supposed to do. In fact, that's where a lot of us find ourselves. Mm -hmm. There are cultural things that we've been told we're supposed to be doing. Mm but that is not necessarily the essence of God nor the essence of the relationship he seeks to have with you. Mm -hmm. He wants to speak to you individually. He wants to show you himself beyond religion, beyond obligation and duty. Mm -hmm. There is a love he has for you. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what you've been taught, that love will prevail Mm -hmm. and he will show himself true. But we can't do that just based on nothing. We can't just wake up and not have any foundation whatsoever with which to approach God it's actually better to have a wrong teaching with which to to, to build from than to have nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Because where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. How do you know who you believe and if it's, if, it's mm-hmm. if it has any, if it holds water is what I say.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, Paul, we can trust what he said mm-hmm. because he had an encounter with God and all he's trying to do is show us what he saw.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are people who have encountered with God that don't have the come to the same revelation that the christian scriptures preach about again we can go back to moses right how did he know that he was talking to god um abraham how did he know that that was god because he had he was coming from the earl of chaldeans right so i guess my point um that i want to really drive is helping people trust that god is big enough to speak to them um and that they don't have to be fearful that the devil because i think that's a big thing that the devil is going to be speaking to me a lying to me i'm going to end up in this like weird place and then end up in hell right there's this like huge fear of hearing the wrong thing and ending up in hell and when i look for me when i look at the scripture because there's nothing in me that's saying oh i hate the bible absolutely not i know this thing back and forth okay Um, what I'm saying is when I look into it, I see human beings who were able to trust that they were experiencing the divine that didn't have any, any, any guidance, any guidelines that they were able to trust. And so why now, um, that we're in the 21st century in our, in our generation that we are telling people that they need to question if it's really God that they're encountering, if it's ending up in a place of joy. And peace for them, right, because God is big enough, God, like you said, um, if the people don 't know God, God has been revealing himself, like you said in Romans one twenty right God has been revealing himself to people, and so my my um, my heart right is to help people begin to trust when that they 're seeking that they will find if they knock the door, it will be opened. And for me, the beautiful thing, I think that happened um, in my relationship with God, that it wasn't built on religion. Um, Like I met Jesus and fell in love with Jesus. Yes, my grandma was Seventh-day Adventist, but I didn't go to the church to find out how to relate to God. Like I really built a relationship, dancing with Jesus in my living room and all the beautiful (laughs) stuff, right? So I built that relationship with God and I was able to do that because I was able to trust that God was big enough to speak to me right yes we have the bible as an as an aid um but there acts 29 is still being written Mm. and so that we have to give some leeway that there is more revelation even jesus told the disciples there are things that i want to tell you now but you cannot bear it so for us to think that this is the only thing that god and i get what you're saying ron we went to the same bible right bible college (laughs) right if we if we hear something we have to bring it back and line it up with the scripture if it doesn't line up with the scripture then we're going in the wrong direction like yeah i've right well talked that i understand where you're coming from okay so my my thing is that be brave and trust god that god's bigger than a gps he's better than a gps that if you begin to trust and lean in and really trust that you're hearing um from the divine it feels like love and it feels like peace lean lean into that um and i think that's really the conversation i think that's what it, i think it may be like religion versus spirituality but i'm going to close there um ronnie please thank you so much for joining last closing words please thank you for sharing i so appreciate you thank you so
1: much all right bye-bye no go ahead give your closing statement oh <laughs> (laughs) Like a phone call, my (laughs) peace. No. um, And and once again, thank you for having me and thank you for opening your platform to have these kind of dialogues because I I really do think they are important. Mm -hmm. I know that we don't necessarily agree on everything, but at the end of the day, I do think we can agree that God has opened his, his, he has opened himself up to all humanity, all creation to come into fellowship with him. I know that uh, there are a lot of ideas floating around that are contrary to what I would hold dear actually. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that (laughs) I have to end it here. The way that seems right to a man sometimes leads to death, that's Proverbs. So we really have to be careful what we assess as right to us Mm -hmm. that may be contrary to God. And we, we just have to do the work of studying out for ourselves and letting the Holy Spirit do the work in us to reveal truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and So I'll leave it there. And once again, just thanks, Yama, Yama, for having me on your show. It's Absolutely. been really great.
0: Thank you so much, Ronnie, for joining. This has been a beautiful conversation. I loved it. And um, for everyone watching, if you are able to open up this type of dialogue with people in your life, because what can happen is we can feel on opposite sides of the issue and allow that to cause a rift in relationship. The goal of our relationship is to to be connected and to um, experience love and to give that love. Um, That is the divine, that's God through us. So if we can, if there are people in your life that you don't agree with and all of a sudden because the environment that we, unfortunately find ourselves in it's just like if you're on the other side of this issue you must be my enemy like no like we're allowed we're humans we're allowed to experience life differently and have different truths that we all hold dear but the main thing that we all know and agree on like god is love and god is good yes right (laughs) and we both firmly firmly agree with that and god is grace and god loves you Um, and God is not mad at you, right? Andrew says God is in a good mood. Okay. (laughs) Um, so hopefully that's what you take away guys. I will be downloading this on the page. Um, Ronnie, I will tag you so that you can share it on your, on your platform and then it's going to go. Um, I usually rip the audio off of these Ronnie. So if you want it for your podcast, I can send you the link as well. Um, all right. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Have a beautiful weekend. Bye. Bye.
1: bye. (laughs)